Hi, everyone, and welcome to Murder and Merlot. We are a true crime book club podcast. I'm your host, Tara. And I'm your host, Michelle. We are putting down our books and picking up the paper. Because this is the morning news. Yes, two morning news back to back. Yeah, because I I uh, listed my house this week and then it had to be clean, like cleaner than it's ever been. And like, then I constantly. had a couple showings mm-hmm. and I did not get my writing finished, even though I got a good, a good start on it. <laughs> yeah, which is totally fine. Like selling your house, yeah. pretty important. <laughs> totally understandable. Yeah, I, it's been a whirlwind week. Like somehow it was Friday and I was like, oh my God, I don't even understand what's happened. So <laughs> yes. So another morning news this week, but that's fine because we love them. Yeah. 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 And I think this is an important one too. Mm-hmm. We have lots to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, we sure do. Yes. And I will just say, I'm going to try really hard not to be scratching this whole time, but I had a really bad reaction to some antibiotics that I'm on. <laughs> And now I feel like that kid from Malcolm in the Middle that had to wear like mitts all the time (laughs) and scratch himself. Like I need mitts just like taped to myself. So I'm going to try really hard to um, be a normal human being. I mean, I could get you a set of oven mitts, but it would take a little bit to get them to you. (laughs) A little bit. Yes. (laughs) It would be helpful though. So I have a combination of like constant itching and then also I'm just hopped up on Benadryl. So it's like, will I fall asleep during this? Maybe. (laughs) Hopefully not. I'll try not to, but FYI, just in case anything weird happens or comes out of my mouth, it's probably the Benadryl. It's totally the Benadryl talking, but she'll be fine. It's fine. Just don't worry about me. Surviving, not thriving. (laughs) Woohoo. We got this. All right. Well, first on the docket, um, I just have a quick update and it's about the Lori Vallow case. And again, we never really like covered the case fully, but here and there we'll kind of give updates because it's been a big thing in the true crime world. And she be cray cray. Cray cray. Legitimately. Apparently. (laughs) Apparently. So I'll tell you about it. Uh, So Lori Vallow and fifth husband Chad Daybell have been indicted on charges of conspiracy to commit murder and first degree murder uh, for the deaths of Vallow's two children, JJ Vallow and Tylee Ryan, prosecutors announced on Tuesday. Daybell has also been indicted for the murder of his wife, Tammy, as well as two counts of insurance fraud related to life insurance policies he had on her. And that's all great news. However, Lori Vallow has been found unfit to stand trial in the murders of her two children. The Idaho mom has undergone a psychological assessment to determine whether she has the mental faculties to proceed in the court proceedings against her. Based on the assessment, District Judge Stephen Boyce has issued a hold on the case. Fallow will apparently need to undergo restorative treatment, although it is unclear what exactly that treatment will consist of. It is so weird. I know. I'm not so sure about this. But I guess if anybody could convince somebody that she's crazy, I think this woman could do it. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So, Yeah. Michelle sent me this article this weekend and I was like, oh, hell no. Something <laughs> I don't is buy fishy. it. It's it just, fishy. It does seem fishy. So it doesn't feel right. I don't know. It doesn't, but I guess we will we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have an eye on it. We'll let you know when we'll we keep know. you posted. <laughs> yeah. All right, friends. Grab your glass and get cozy. Let's talk about murder. Dink. 
Ah, so my first article today is heavy. Mm -hmm. um, but unless you've been living under a rock in Canada this week, I'm sure you've heard something about it and we couldn't ignore it. So um, I'm going to do my best to do justice to it and hopefully we'll have a, a good conversation about it. But mm -hmm. yeah, be yeah. ready to have your heart broken because this is terrible. Right. Um, the title is Remains of 215 Children Found Buried at Former BC Residential School, First Nation Says. The article is from cbc.ca, and yeah, it's it's pretty terrible. So I just had full body chills when you read that. It just, it immediately just hurt inside. I know, I know. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do my best to get through it without crying because we know how I feel about tiny humans. Yeah. But... Um, the article is really well written and I am going to do my very best to pronounce things as well as I can. And I'm just going to read the article and then we're going to talk about mm -hmm. the thoughts afterwards. Cause right. yeah. Yeah. All right. So preliminary findings from a survey of the grounds at the former Kamloops Indian residential school have uncovered the remains of 215 children buried at the site. The to Kamloops to Sewampe first nation said Thursday. They said the remains were confirmed last weekend near the city of Kamloops in BC's southern interior. In a statement to Kamloops, Tessawampe said they hired a specialist in ground penetrating radar to carry out the work and that their language and culture department oversaw the project to ensure it was done in a culturally appropriate and respectful way. The release did not specify the company or individual involved or how the work was completed. Quote, to our knowledge, these missing children are undocumented deaths. To Kamloops, to Sewampe, Chief Roseanne Casimir said in the statement, some were as young as three years old. We sought out a way to confirm that, that knowing out of deepest respect and love for those lost children and their families, understanding that to Kamloops, to Sewampe is the final resting place of these children. Casimir told CBC that the findings are preliminary and a report will be provided by the specialist next month. Speaking Friday, Casimir said that community members are still grappling with the shock of the news as leadership looks at what next steps to take. Quote, for one, we need to honor these children, she said. To come loops, Tisewampe said they are working with the BC Coroner Service, contacting the students' home communities, protecting the remains and working with museums to find records of these deaths. In a statement to CBC, Lisa LaPointe, BC's chief coroner said the coroner's service was alerted to the discovery on Thursday. Quote, we are early in the process of gathering information and will continue to work collaboratively with the Tikemloops to Sewempe and others as the sensitive work progresses, LaPointe said. We recognize the tragic, heartbreaking devastation that the Canadian residential school system has inflicted upon so many, and our thoughts are with all of those who are in mourning today, end quote. The Kamloops Indian Residential School was in operation from 1890 to 1969, when the federal government took over administration from the Catholic Church to operate it as a residence for a day school until closing in 1978. Up to 500 students would have been registered at the school, according to the National Center for Truth and Reconciliation. Those children would have come from First Nations communities across BC and beyond. According to Mary Ellen Turple LaFond, director of the Indian Residential School History and Dialogue Center at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission that was set up in 2008 to find out what happened in residential schools 
was told 50 deaths occurred at the Kamloops institution. My heart, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I can't. She said, massive ongoing problems with historical records, including those held by certain Catholic entities that they will not release, have made it very hard to understand accurately what happened. Mm-hmm. Turple Lafon said that the discovery confirms what community survivors have said for years, that many children went to the school and never returned. She also said federal agents often move children around, so it is possible some of those found are from other First Nations communities. Turple Lafond has also has questions about how these children died given the rampant sexual and physical abuse documented in residential schools. Quote, there may be reasons why they wouldn't record the deaths properly and that they weren't treated with dignity and respect because that was the whole purpose of the residential school, to take total control of Indian children, to remove their culture, identity, and connection to their family. End quote. Which, oh man, that's hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it's hard to wrap my brain around and it's hard to say out loud. Absolutely. First Nations Health Authority said the announcement Thursday would deeply affect Indigenous people in BC and across the country. Quote, that this situation exists is sadly not a surprise and illustrates the damaging and lasting impacts that the residential school system continues to have on First Nations people, their families, and the community. FNHA, so the First Nations Health Authority CEO Richard Jock wrote that. On Friday, the Union of British Columbia Indian Chiefs said it mourned alongside the Tecumloops de Sewampe. There are no words to express the deep mourning that we feel as First Nations people and as survivors when we hear an announcement like this, wrote Grand Chief Stuart Phillip, president of the UBCIC. Today, we honor the lives of those children and hold prayers that they and their families may finally be at peace. It is estimated more than 150,000 children attended residential schools in Canada from the 1830s until the last school closed in 1996. Oh my God. It just kills me. I know. The NCTR estimates about 4,100 children died at the schools based on the death records, but has said the true total is likely much higher. The Truth and Reconciliation Commission said large numbers of Indigenous children who were forcibly sent to residential schools never returned home. Federal Minister of Indigenous Services Mark Miller said in a tweet Thursday he had been in touch with Casimir to offer his support. Federal Minister of Crown Indigenous Relations Carolyn Bennett said in a tweet that the National Indian Residential School Crisis Line is available for former residential school students and others looking for support. It can be utilized by calling 1-866-925-4419. And we should be able to include that phone number in our show notes. Absolutely. During Friday's radio interview, Casimir ended the conversation with a message aimed directly at Ottawa. Quote, it's all good and well to the federal government to make gestures of goodwill and support regarding the tragedy, said Casimir. There is an important ownership and accountability to both Tecumloops, to Sewampe, and all communities and families that are affected, and that needs to happen and take place, end quote. On Friday, BC Premier John Horgan issued a statement expressing his horror and heartbreak at the discovery. Quote, this is a tragedy of unimaginable proportions, and it's a stark example of the violence the Canadian residential school system inflicted upon Indigenous peoples, and how the consequences of these atrocities atrocities, (laughs) continue to this day, end quote. 
The FNHA said immediate supports to the Tekemloops to Sewampe First Nations have been identified through its interior health team and its teams are on standby to support further needs. A National Indian Residential School crisis line has been set up to provide support for former students and those affected. Access emotional crisis and referral services by calling the 24-hour National Crisis Line and we will post that number as well. Mm -hmm. And within BC, the KUUUS Crisis Line Society provides a First Nations and Indigenous specific crisis line available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we'll also link that as well. Yeah. Oh, so, right. That is a lot. A lot. So, so much. Yeah. So I've spent the last few days since the article came out reading about what these children went through and in the name of God. Mm -hmm. And I have repeatedly had my heart broken and I'm angry. Mm -hmm. Like it's terrible. Yeah. I'm angry that I'm an educated 30 something year old woman mm -hmm. who's happily gone through school. And mm -hmm. social studies is one of my favorite subjects and, you know, been proud of this country, but I didn't know any of this. You just took the words right out of my mouth. Right? I was going to say the same thing. Like, how do we get taught about our history and not learn about this? That's a great question that needs to change. It does. Absolutely. And I think it is changing. And I think that mm -hmm. it is becoming known because we do have specific days and mm -hmm. while the kids are going through school, like I know right. my daughter participated in orange shirt day mm -hmm. today this yeah. year and I do every again year well. yeah. I was like okay I didn't really know about this and yeah. I learned a little bit about it then and then I just keep learning little bits and then I, mm -hmm. I went down the residential school rabbit hole this week and holy crap yeah. <laughs> like I I'm angry that they existed at all of course because mm -hmm. how how this is even construct in somebody's mind that we're going to take these people, these children, children. Mm -hmm. from their parents yep. and tell them that everything they know about their life is wrong. Yeah. Just scrub away their identity. You don't get to culture. speak your language anymore. Mm -hmm. You need to learn how to speak English and learn about our God and mm -hmm. everything you know is wrong. Exactly. And we're going to abuse you horribly. Mm -hmm. Like, How is this even a, a construct that happened and that went on for so long right mm -hmm. 1996 honest to god was not that long ago no i was alive <laughs> right that seems like, that seems insane when because we're not educated about this in school it seems like oh that was so long ago that's so far back in our history that you know people avoid it or you know that right. was a long time ago things have changed but that was not long ago that's hardly no history at this point it is and, so relevant still and when you're learning about say racism you think about i'm learning about racism because of slavery in the, the states right yes yeah people kept people mm -hmm. as possessions that is wrong but everybody's like well there's no racism in canada that's how i was raised mm -hmm. there's no racism absolutely in that was all that was in the states that wasn't us don't look that's at us our, our neighbors to the south that's yeah. not us we are so much better than that mm -hmm. and i'm sorry but those lost children deserve peace mm -hmm. their families who went through literal hell deserve to be recognized 
-hmm. Their culture is important to the foundations of this country, and it's about time we stop acting like we are superior to our neighbors of the South. Oh, absolutely. Those are my thoughts. <laughs> it's like people know that this has happened, but they try to redirect, like, don't look over here, look over there, look over, look there. over here. Not over, it's not us. It's, it's never us. Look over there. But right. you can't tell me that this isn't a very similar situation. <laughs> I know. I'm actually a part of a, a mom's group that is a, it has a very strong Catholic base. There's a lot of Catholic moms in this group. And a mom posted an article about this and she was like, how do I continue to be Catholic and follow my faith? Mm -hmm. Knowing that the leaders of my faith and the foundations of my faith did these things, right? which that's a whole other aspect that I never would have thought about. No, because there's neither. these people now that have had a strong faith in the Catholic community, and mm -hmm. now they're learning these things that they didn't know happened. Absolutely. And how are they supposed to maintain that faith right. in a God and a community that yeah. did these horrible things? It, well, it makes you question your values because, you know, you assume that you share the same values as the other people in your religion or whatever, then it, it reflects on you. Like, well, what are my values then? Exactly. <laughs> How are we and similar that we believe in the same things? So we must be exactly. similar. Yeah. Yeah. That's, wow. it's bringing up a lot of questions and I think questions are a good thing. Great. Yes. Um, it's bringing up a lot of grief on different levels mm -hmm. for different people. And it's bringing up a lot of emotions from, I think mm -hmm. all sides. And I think those emotions are a good thing that we are feeling them now, because like I said, we yes. were oblivious before and we can continue to do better than what we were doing before. Absolutely. But the, I think the first nations people, they have been grieving and they have been dealing with this for years and years and years. And we've, we've had no idea. And that's we've horrible. And, and yeah, as ugh. much as exactly like you said, I like to think that, you know, I'm educated. I loved history too. Like social studies was my jam. Like, yeah, loved it. and I thinking back, I'm like, no, it was, it was not taught whatsoever. I'm like, mm -hmm. did I, did it slip my mind or whatever? I'm like, it, it didn't, we are not taught this in school in Canada mm -hmm. where it happened. That's no. horrible. I know. I know it was, it's very frustrating to be learning this as an adult and mm -hmm. And feeling blindsided by it mm -hmm. when it's from the beginning of our country, the white and our, our country is, is not very old. So it's, no. it's quite recent. If you look back in all of history, it's very recent history, very recent <laughs> compared to a lot of other big events that have taken place. Exactly. exactly. Yes. I did learn, um, was having a conversation a while back with some family members. And it was about, we were talking about generational trauma and I, hmm. and I thought this was really interesting. There was a study done and I don't know all of the details. My aunt had been listening to a podcast about it, and, but I thought it was interesting. So I thought I'll share it with you. And it's, it really puts into perspective what our indigenous communities are feeling through generational trauma because mm -hmm. they've all had some sort of generational trauma mm -hmm. from all of these things. And so there was a study done on rats or mice, I can't remember which it was, but mm -hmm. in the first like two years of mice in cages, they would pump a certain smell into the cages. And when they did that, they would also electrocute the floor of the cages, which mm. a sounds fucking horrible, but yes, those mice would react, right? Like they're in pain. That's mm -hmm. awful. And so after like, I think that was the first two 
families, like first two cycles of mice, mm -hmm. they stopped electrocuting the floor and they still continued to pump in the same smell and they would get the same sort of traumatic reactions from those mice through the sixth to eighth generations of mice. Yeah, absolutely. Like from just from a smell trigger. Right. Tiny little mouse brain could figure that out. Takes them back to something bad. Yeah. So I have no words. I know. That it's, is, that's significant. <laughs> like mm -hmm. it just shows, like you said, they're tiny little mouse brains. Like if you can track it in mice or whatever, like generational trauma, like then there's no doubt that this is going to traumatize people for years and generations to come. Exactly. And I could just say, we just need to do better. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's already been put out there a lot, but mm -hmm. the other grounds of the residential schools need to be searched because I'm sure this is not the only Absolutely. one. Absolutely. And I, that's what I was going to say as well. Like this is such a huge and a horrible fine, but this mm -hmm. is one school. One school. One out of all of Canada. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't want to, but can you even imagine? My heart hurts. My heart hurts from reading these things and my heart hurts from feeling mm -hmm. uneducated yeah. and ignorant Absolutely. to the fact that these things happened. Mm -hmm. I um, read a statistic today about this. So I just wanted to bring it up. Um, obviously, the schools were often underfunded and overcrowded. The quality of education was substandard. The children were severely mistreated, degraded, and abused. 90 to 100% suffered severe physical, emotional, and sexual abuse. And there was, it was, there was a 40 to 60% mortality rate. I know. I read that today, too. 40 to 60% from going to school. 90 to 100% chance of getting abused. abused. Okay. <laughs> and people say the children died there. You don't just go to school and just die. Die. Something happened. And like they said in, in the article, these were undocumented deaths. Yes. Because... They didn't want people to know about exactly. Them. So by something must have been it's murder. It's like right. It's murder. How otherwise? How else do forty to sixty percent of children die while at a school? Right. Somebody explain that to me. <laughs> it's just so horrible to try to wrap your head around. Yeah. Yeah. And so many families. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna keep going. But if you no. just think no. What I was thinking about today was the community that I grew up in. What I grew up outside of town, but we had our little cluster, our little community, mm -hmm. you know, like really even just like three households was our little community. There's like myself and my brother, our neighbors down the road had six kids and our other neighbor had two kids. Can you even mm -hmm. imagine picking up those 10 kids and this happening to them? No. no. That would be heartbreaking and not okay, but this happened all over Canada for years and generations. Like it just can't be underplayed. Like it's, it's a huge no. thing. It's too important to mm -hmm. underplay it. Yeah. Yeah. So as much as it's absolutely horrible, it's, I mean, it's good that it's, it's coming to light and people are being educated and it's, it sucks to say like, I don't know anything about this thing that I should know about, 
like it makes me feel stupid but it's honest to god truth mm -hmm. i don't know enough about it mm -hmm. and it motivates me to to go through it and learn everything i can about it and how exactly how we can change and how we can improve and mm -hmm. make sure these people that are still suffering from the trauma are validated and recognized exactly. and get the support that they need mm -hmm. and we just do better we just have to do better mm -hmm. oh boy my heart hurts be heavy really bad <laughs> i had trouble getting through that that was i know yeah mm -hmm. that was tough yeah yeah so yeah hopefully everybody yeah. else can recognize the importance of that and will also do their part and look into it further as well exactly yeah. and one of the simplest things you can do is learn about who originally mm -hmm. lived on your land right yes so i saw that you live. google and can find these things you right? can and actually you can check out native-land.ca and there is an interactive map there that will let you know the land you live on who was there before you so that oh, would love that yes very interesting and you can also check out www.oncanadaproject.ca slash settlers take action for more information about this. Um, actually, <laughs> that reference I got from Daniel Levy on Instagram, and it was actually a really, really good read. <laughs> yes. Um, but that's the, that was the website that had shared all that information. So I thought it was, it was a really good resource. So awesome. And we'll we definitely post that as well. Yeah. We'll put that in our show notes for sure. Excellent. Yeah. All right. So what are you going to talk to me about, Tara? Because well, it can't be that heavy. Mine's not as heavy. I, that heavy. I specifically chose a story that would not be as heavy. Um, oh, yeah. I was going to say thank you for taking on that story um, yeah. because I knew we needed to talk about it. I was away mm -hmm. this weekend, though, so I was worried. I wanted to talk about it, but I'm like, I need to do it justice. So I was mm -hmm. very thankful that you took that on and you had gone down the rabbit hole and you did it justice. So just wanted to yeah. say thank you for that first, because yeah, it's not something that can just be ignored. Um, thank yes. you for great conversation and being able yeah. to listen to me cry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anytime. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> but yeah, so I had a peek at Michelle's article. I'm like, yep, that's what she's doing. I'm going to go for something a little bit lighter. So hopefully it's, uh, yeah, it'll be good. Yes. Um, my article today is Tennessee teen missing since 2019 found safe in Alabama. And my article is, from I already like that. Yes. <laughs> it's already great. Um, my article is from people.com and the author is Harriet Sockmanser, which is funny because I'm sure I have read an article on here before from Harriet Sockmanser because I just love that last name so much that I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm totally, you totally have. I know that name. So <laughs> Harriet. Good job <laughs> on the story. Thanks for having such a cool name. Yes. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Probably pronouncing it wrong, but I like it. I like how I say it. It is fun. Mm -hmm. So an mm -hmm. Amber Alert for a Tennessee teen who went missing in 2019 has been canceled after she was found safe in Alabama last week. Daphne Westbrook, 18, was discovered by police in the city of Sampson, Alabama, when an officer stopped her vehicle for driving with an expired tag in a busted light. Some of the information in this story is a little bit unclear. So some sources I read said that the officers reported that she seemed just fine and she was driving to the beach with her dog and seemed to be enjoying herself. 
Other accounts say that she was emaciated and uncooperative and that she was on her way to Florida to visit her aunt because her dad was allowing her to do so. So it was very conflicting information. I'm not entirely sure of that whole situation and no further details have been released on the circumstances, although we do know that her father has still not been found. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, So John Westbrook is wanted on aggravated kidnapping and custodial interference charges. It is believed that he had held his daughter against her will by drugging her and keeping her intoxicated in order to control her. Well, fuck that guy. Mm Mm-hmm. 100%. The Hamilton County District Attorney's Office said in a statement, Quote, we are thankful Daphne is safe and no longer being held by her father. It is especially gratifying to be able to tell her mom that Daphne is free and no longer being hidden. This doesn't change our goal to find and prosecute John Westbrook. Our investigation remains active and we will expect new developments within the next couple of weeks. End quote. Huh. Daphne was 17 years old when she was last seen in Chattanooga in October 2019, while on a weekend visit to her home of her non-custodial father, John Westbrook, according to the TBI. In the last contact with her daughter, mother Rhonda Kurtzinger said Daphne messaged her asking permission to delay her return home by a couple of hours so she could take a walk with her dog and a friend. But Daphne never showed up. Eight months later, authorities in Hamilton County secured a warrant that charged John with custodial interference, and last October, Daphne was added to TBI's online missing children's registry. According to Fox 13, in March, Daphne was able to send a message to a friend saying she was considering self-harm. In response, her mother spoke with the station in hopes of her daughter hearing her message. Quote, please know that nobody is angry. You are so loved. It is not your fault you are in that situation. It is not her fault. I need her to be okay. I need that. I will do everything I can to make sure that she is, end quote. So thankfully, after all that time, her mother has finally received confirmation that Daphne is alive and well. However, it does appear that she is not wanting to speak to her mother at this time. John Westbrook stands six feet, four inches tall and weighs 200 pounds with brown hair and blue eyes. Anyone with information who spots John is asked to call 423-209-7415. And our local listeners are probably thinking, why include that information? But I checked, and we have had listeners in Alabama and Tennessee, which is very cool. So cool. So doesn't hurt to share that kind of information, but that's, that's my story. Yeah. I really, I, I want to know the, the actual story behind this because it was pretty muddled, like conflicting information, really. And like vague information (laughs) why doesn't she want to talk to her mom right was she maybe being told things that have her making her not want to see her mom like if she was being held for two years by Mm -hmm. her dad what kind of things things about her mom like what was he saying absolutely that was my my thoughts as well and you know i've looked into lots of different cases where people have been held captive for a very long time and they have opportunities to leave the property and they still come back. You know, they have that opportunity to go get help or exactly. go see their family, but there's something that always seems to draw them back. So is that the same situation or is there mm-hmm. 
more to the story that we don't know about the actual like family dynamic that's happening here. It's hard to say. Yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see if more details come out about that cuz yes, me too. And but yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Yeah. Like we always say, we'll keep an eye on it. Um yeah, I, I really want to know what's actually going on here. So Exactly. And I'm very happy that she was found safe. That's what I was just going to say. But in the end, she was found safe. And that is incredible, especially after being missing since 2019. Like that's pretty much unheard of. So that's amazing. That's definitely, that's something to celebrate. Yes. Be happy about. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, as fun as that was, I definitely found a fun article for my bizarre article because I needed some fun. Yes. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yes. And I mean, it's got a dinosaur in it, so it can't be bad. <laughs> Let me tell you, I love dinosaurs. I'm all about Jurassic Park and all that jazz. So I'm pretty right? yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm putting it out there to our podcast people. Mm-hmm. How old does your kid have to be before you can watch Jurassic Park with them? That's a great question. I need to know. Yeah. Doesn't I keep asking each other, can we watch Jurassic Park with them yet? Like, I don't know. I remember watching it with my six. They'll be fine. Right. I remember watching it with my young cousins, but then some scenes would show up and then it'd be like a guy gets his arm ripped off and we're like, Oh, it's fine. That wasn't a real person. That was a robot. (laughs) Don't worry about him. And they're like, Oh, okay. Okay. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like, no, everybody that dies, they're robots. It's okay. They're robots. Yes. Fine. Yeah. Real people. It's cool. (laughs) Right. Anyways. Anyways. uh, (laughs) um, So my bizarre article this week comes from people.com and it's written by Rachel DeSantis. And the title is body of man 39 found inside Spanish dinosaur statue after police say he fell in. I'm sorry. Like a dead body was found inside a dinosaur statue is what you're telling me? Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that he wasn't just like, like having a snooze or something. That's terrible. No. No. Um, so a man in Spain was found dead in a paper mache dinosaur statue after her authority said he fell in while trying to receive, retrieve his cell phone. Oh, that's terrible. Process that for a minute. Oh my God. It's a paper mache dinosaur. (laughs) Yeah. I was still hung up on that part, but then the cell phone and I'm like, oh my God, that's terrible. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. It gets better. Okay. A father and son first spotted something amiss on Saturday in the Barcelona suburb of Santa Coma de Gramnet. And according to the BBC, the pair noticed a smell coming from the Stegosaurus statue. Oh boy. Which was placed outside the city's cubic building as an advertisement for a since-shuttered movie theater. After the father and son raised the alarm, police responded and found a 39-year-old man dead inside the leg of the statue. He was in the leg. He went in through the mouth and ended up in the leg. (laughs) Is there a picture of this statue? Because I need to see it. Yeah, there is. Okay. Uh, Good because I have so many um, questions. They said it's an oh man, I had, had I have questions as well. Mm-hmm. They said it's an accidental death. There was no violence. The person got inside the statue's leg and got trapped. It looks as though he was trying to retrieve a mobile phone, which he dropped. It looks like he entered the statue head first and couldn't get out. Oh. Um, 
Police called firefighters in for help removing the man whose family had previously reported him missing that day. He'd actually been missing for like four days, but that was the day that he'd been reported missing. Mm -hmm. And autopsy results are still pending. It remains unclear just how long the man was trapped inside the statue. Right. But it was a couple days. Yikes. And the statue has reportedly since been removed from its spot and the death is not being treated as suspicious. Right. That's just such a sad end, though, to a life. Like, I know. It just did, didn't have to be like that. Nope. Like, I don't know. Don't dive headfirst into places that you won't be able to get out of. Like, I don't know what else into to say. Into a dinosaur? Say. Like, I... Why? And <laughs> yeah. why, how did the cell phone get in there in the first place? What were you doing? Like, I don't know. Like, not that I... How, like, did you just rest it up there? Just yeah. so... You- I don't want to blame the dude. I just, I just legitimately have questions. Legit questions. I know. And like, it's paper mache. Like, why wouldn't you just be like, Hey, my phone fell in there. Can I like get that in? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like, does it say how tall this thing is? I'm sorry. I just need to get a picture of it in my head. Because if it's like he was stuck in the leg, but like, how did he get in? How did the cell phone yeah. get in? If it was like that tall, like, I just don't understand the physics that are happening here. There's many, many questions. So many questions. And like, he must, I'm thinking this guy must be like a skinny dude to be able to like get in the dive mouth in for a cell phone. Get in the mouth of a dinosaur. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I feel awful for the family and for him. Like that would be like, a terrible. And what a way to go. Induced way to that go. would be awful. Yeah. Yeah, I would die of a panic attack. It would be yeah. the panic attack that killed me. Like <laughs> For sure. I mean, yeah. not necessarily claustrophobic, but if I got stuck oh. in a small space, there would be panic. Sheer panic. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah it would not be good. Mm-mm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and, and like for a while, I just like when I first read it, I had this picture of like feet dangling. Yeah, me like, too. Out of the dinosaur. Right. But I don't think so. Like I think he was all the way in. Yeah, because if so that's why he was like, you would think somebody would help him. Somebody would help him, but also like, was there <laughs> absolutely nobody around this? Because I'm sure he would have been yelling for help. So right? weird. So nobody weird. hears the voice coming out of the Stegosaurus. I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I'm getting like, like it seems <laughs> suspicious because I'm like, how is this possible? Just on right. accident. Yeah, I right? don't know. I don't know. I know. It's very strange. Yes. But I don't think we'll ever know. Probably not. Probably not. Nope. So that's my article. That's lovely. Thank you. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I just can't stop picturing it. So I'm not really present at the moment. I actually have the images of like Drumheller, the dinosaurs and Drumheller in my head right now, but that's the same. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's to the same caliber. No, but but still. Uh, check your dinosaurs, make sure that there's not a deep hole that somebody could fall into, into the mouth. Fall into. Yeah. Make sure your statues yeah. are safe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And put a mesh at the back of yeah. the mouth or something so cell phones can't fall back. Yeah. Like, I don't why, know. Like, why did it have to do? be that open? I don't understand. <laughs> right? If it could fit a human man in it, it probably didn't need to be that open. I agree. Imagine the person yeah. that made the thing. Yeah. It's like, it was just a cute art project. It's just some paper mache. Like I just paper mache. Just spent hours pasting some paper yeah. to a frame. Didn't think anything of it. And then I painted it. And now this, <laughs> this is my legacy. That's great. 
I bet they quit yep. the paper mache business. I bet you any money. Right? Yeah. But I mean, you could have some fun with some headlines like dinosaur kills man in Spain. Yeah. Like true. I mean, it's not, it's not wrong. Right. I've seen a lot more accurate article titles before. <laughs> right. Yeah. Technically the dinosaur did kill the dude. Yeah. Yeah. You are correct. <laughs> Poor Stegosaurus. He's a veggie saurus. Yeah. He didn't do it on purpose. Sorry. That's bad. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think our brains Sorry. are broken. Really at this needed point. a laugh at the end of this. Yeah, we sure did. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, let us know what you think about the episode and if you see a story we should cover, make sure to send us in. And yeah, if you have thoughts, opinions, feelings about the residential mm-hmm. schools, please send it in. Yeah. We want to hear your thoughts. Absolutely. We're open to and... conversation and obviously education. So like, absolutely. Yeah. Share what you know and start the conversation. And if you're just fucking mad like us, like, yeah, you can tell us because we'll us. be like, yeah, we man. We could be mad with you. Hell yeah. We feel that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can email us at murdermerlot at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at Murder Merlot Podcast, Facebook at Murder Merlot Podcast, and Twitter at Murder Merlot One. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and pretty much anywhere else you can find podcasts. We would love if you subscribed. And if you don't, you're dead to me. And remember to drink wine because it's not good to keep things bottled up. Bye.